0: There's just so much more to hear.
1: Download our podcast at Dubai I 1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sports.
2: This is The Grill on Dubai I 103.8.
3: Live from Barasti,
2: here's Tom Urquhart.
3: Yeah, good to have you on board. You're listening to The Grill. We're live from Brasley, where the game is always on. And obviously, Cricket World Cup will be one of the main features and focuses for, sorry, Cricket World Cup, let's just say Rugby World Cup, uh, main focuses for us over the course of the show. It's closed down in India. Second test match down there. uh, India against South Africa. And I think it's a fairly dominant position that India are in.
0: Yes, indeed, Tom. Uh, South Africa, 326 runs behind, uh, having been bowled out for 275. Uh, uh, this afternoon and um, I mean we will it's interesting to see what India would do tomorrow uh, enforce a follow-on or bat for the first uh, uh, session or so and put put South Africa out of uh, the misery to be honest because it's been a test match like this where India has been on top from day one. And South Africa, like I said, need to raise their game, yeah.
3: Uh, No games in the European qualifiers until 5 o'clock this afternoon, when in fact Republic of Ireland will be in action a little later. They take on Georgia at 5pm this afternoon, the only of the 5pm kickoffs. So that within the next hour or so we'll give you some team news ahead of that game from georgia republic of ireland later in proceedings talking of ireland though ireland as a whole uh, the republic and northern uh, represented uh, in the green of the irish rugby team how are they ferry mark archer
4: yeah they're looking pretty uh, good for a quarter-final spot they needed to win well today and they're doing so against samoa they've just scored their fifth try to fullback back jordan lama It was an attacking scrum, they went blindside, he found an overlap and he's gone under for the fifth try for the Ireland today. They are playing with 14 players after Bundiaki was sent off after 29 minutes, but uh, it was also converted by Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton scored two of the the five tries, the front rowers of Rory Best and Tag Furlong have scored another couple and Jordan Lama has just added a fifth try. So Ireland uh, seemingly in control after 50 50 minutes of this match, 33 points to five are pretty much done and dusted. I think they're going to make the quarterfinal. When will Joe Smith start making a few personnel decisions? Will he bring off... Uh, Conor Murray, will he bring off Johnny Sexton to wrap them in cotton wool for the All Blacks? Uh, that will happen pretty shortly. So, interesting developments there. But the vital Pool A match, Ireland in control against Samoa. It looks like they're going to go through to the quarterfinals.
3: Herbert Gregory watching this one uh, in uh, with alongside us as well. It's interesting for the game. Uh, Schmidt, Best, a few others as well, talking about uh, the status of the state of the pitch as
5: well. And we have seen it cut up pretty nastily. Yeah, look, they relaid the turf uh, just over a week ago. Been performing dreadfully in its previous matches. When Ireland went along for one of the runs earlier in the week, they actually hid a rugby ball underneath the turf. That's how loose it was. But it looks like Ireland have put their place into the quarters. Familiar territory for them. They've done so ever since the World Cup started in 1987. But they've got no further than that. I think back in 2015 they were knocked out by Argentina, something like 43 points to 20. This time they're likely to face New Zealand. Will they go further? Let's talk quarterfinals if we can. What do we know so far, Mark?
3: Yeah, you? so
4: let me tell you. So the two matches cancelled today. England and France were both through to the quarterfinals. So they're probably happy in some ways that they're not playing an extra match and they'll be avoiding extra injuries and they'll be able to really spend a lot of time preparing for that those matches in the quarterfinals. New Zealand was going to play Italy today. Well, given the fact that Italy have never beaten New Zealand, given the fact that New Zealand have never lost a pool match at a Rugby World Cup, I think New Zealand... Just to get that end uh, in yeah.
3: You, uh, you know? New Zealand
4: are probably pretty happy not to play that match as well, but they would have liked to give a few players a bit more Combination time. Italy, it's a sh- it's a sad way for them to bow out because they, they did have a, a very very uh, punches chance of uh, maybe causing an upset against New Zealand and going through the quarterfinals uh, uh, at the expense of South Africa, but that was pretty unlikely to happen. So we know that England, France, New Zealand are through to the quarterfinals. Let me tell you that mark your cards for next Saturday because the first semi-final will see England take on Australia. Now Australia will finish second. That's given the fact that Wales will play Uruguay, I think in the next, either tomorrow or Monday, and they should defeat Uruguay. So that first semi-final for me is England against Australia, and then on, and then later in the day is the All Blacks taking on, <laughs> looking like to be potentially Ireland now, but it still could be Ireland, Japan, and or Scotland, who finishes second in Pool A. So All Blacks versus probably Ireland at this stage, depending on what happens, whether that match is played tomorrow or not. Then on Sunday, we see two matches, Wales, who are likely going to win their pool, will take on France. And then, obviously, the the first-place team, whether that be uh, Japan, looking likely now, given the weather, given the score in this match, will probably take on South Africa. So there's your quarterfinals. But uh, talking about the cancellations, talking about the matches that uh, didn't happen today, this is what the uh, English coach, Eddie Jones, had to say. He sounded as though, well, he was pretty happy, actually, not to play the match. This is Eddie Jones speaking earlier.
0: And the game was on, we were... we're in game mode and the game was off, we're in preparation mode. So I think the Japanese have a saying, shogunai, we can't control it. Of course everyone's disappointed. We wanted to play against France, we put a lot of work, physical work, emotional work, tactical work into it and we're disappointed. But the, the situation is a situation that we don't control. I think World has made a decision, we've, we've got no issue with it and we're just getting on with it now.
4: That was Eddie Jones talking about the cancellation of today's Rugby World Cup match. Where there has been a lot of talk between coaches and do they want to play a match? Is it going to be cancelled? Jamie Joseph, the Japanese coach, and Gregor Townsend, have had been a bit of a battle of words. Scotland uh, Rugby Football Union have been threatening legal a- uh, action against the uh, the World Rugby, whether this match should be played or should be cancelled. But Jamie Joseph is a bit disappointed by some of the chat that's gone on and saying that Japan, the hosts, do not want to play the match, which guarantees them getting through to the quarterfinals. This is what Joseph had to say.
1: Like To remind everybody, it hasn't been a fluke, it's been a lot of
5: hard work by a lot of people.
1: え、team has been in camp for
5: 240 days this year alone. Whilst,
1: whilst the majority of my players are professional in their companies? Um, we are a amateur rugby team. What that what that means is um, our players when in camp for Japan do not get paid Well they get repaid um well they get paid about 100 bucks a day. I just think the key difference here between us and Scotland is that we are driven and supported by the whole country. and my team is motivated by achieving something that is great, not avoiding an embarrassment. The next point I would like to make is everyone in our squad, players and staff, want to play the
5: Test match: and
1: We all want to earn the right to be considered one of the elite teams. In the world.
5: It's
1: important for us to wake up on Monday morning and understand that we're a worthy top eight, um, a top 8 team or we're not quite good enough.
4: That was Jamie Joseph talking about the match that may or may not happen tomorrow. Will Japan take on Scotland? It started a bit of a battle of the words uh, off the park. This is what Gregor Townsend had to say in response to those comments to Jamie Joseph.
6: Regarding Jamie Joseph's comments, I did see them. Um, so on one hand he said, it's no fluke, we're at the top. But then he said, it's an embarrassment if we were to lose to the team that is at the top of the, the the pool currently. So we know it wouldn't be an embarrassment to lose. Japan are an excellent side and we, we'll have to play very well to win.
3: Those are the thoughts of Gregor Townsend uh, yesterday. I've just, got this, I've just got this vision, you know, regardless of what's ha- happening, whether the weather is that bad or it's not that bad or whatever, it's Saturday night in Tokyo. You can just imagine thousands of Japanese revelers tonight tearing up that city, can't they, can't you? I mean, there's not going to be, there's nothing going to be left of the stadium. You know, they're going to, they're going to go to that stadium tonight, tear up. So everyone wakes up the next morning. I did not think it was that, what's happened here? Where on earth has the stadium
5: gone? I don't think it'll just be the Japanese. I'm receiving a few incoherent WhatsApps at the moment from friends of mine over in Japan. So I think they've got a few buddies supporting them there. But look, what to do? I'm pretty sure at one o'clock this morning, UAE time is going to be called off. It's unfair for Scotland in some ways, but look, they can't go through anyway because of the result of this or potential result of this Island Samoa match. So that's almost done. We have to move on. We have to move past this argument. And look, it's going to be a great end to the tournament, typhoons aside. So that's interesting, isn't it? So this game is almost as important for Japan as their game tomorrow Look, this game is important for Ireland because they didn't score the four yeah. tries and they wouldn't be going forward so now they've got that in the bag they just need to close out this game I don't want to talk down some at all they're a wonderful opponent but actually if you look at the two sides winning percentages this has got an island victory all over it especially with the score line as it currently sits so then what's next as Archer said we've got England versus odds of New Zealand versus Ireland Australia of course and they took England out the tournament um, in 2015. The beaten finalists 34-17 to New Zealand back in 2015, they've got a point to prove. Eddie Jones, he'll be saying to the English team, look, I know these kids, they're not a, uh, you know, a patch on you guys, this is your victory. Meanwhile, in the other game, you've got New Zealand versus Ireland. Ireland have been in six quarter finals. Um, I think 2015 they got through to the the, the semis. Sorry, not the semis. Um, in 2011 they got through to the semis. So it's it, you know it's interesting matchups ahead. And then Wales versus France, South Africa versus Japan, and Japan really will feel that they can take on South Africa and beat them.
3: Quick word for other rugby going on around the world at the moment, because whilst our main focus is on the Rugby World Cup, with good reason, we've got five games in the Premiership Rugby Cup to look forward to a little later on this afternoon four games in the Guinness Pro 14 and a whole host of games in the top 14 as well Uh, rugby club rugby continues
4: we talked about this last uh, week didn't we club rugby in Northern Hemisphere hasn't really stopped they've been playing a number of different cup competitions to give uh, a lot of players uh, remaining in the, in the in the British and Irish and, and in France matches, but uh, you got to think some of those teams are incredibly decimated by the Rugby World Cup. The likes of Saracens who are probably losing almost their whole first team. Some of the teams in the in the French uh, top 14 with their multinational squads would have been scattered amongst the different teams, would be Fiji or Samoa or uh, the various teams as well. So. Yeah, club rugby, I guess, gets devalued a little bit because obviously the focus of the rugby world's on the Rugby World Cup, but um, I guess the game goes on. They can't stop the European competitions for almost six weeks. And, uh,
5: what is the recovery period as well, when players come back from World Cup? It depends on the nation. Um, but from an England perspective, they won't play for at least the next two weeks, depending on when your last match was. You know, if you've, if you've been a bench player, if you haven't appeared at all, then you're you know, able to go straight back onto it. But most of people will have about two weeks off, especially if they do quite well. But aside from that, from a, a domestic perspective, especially looking at the Northern Hemisphere, the rugby at the moment is absolutely cracking. You know, you've got, you've got boys who wouldn't normally be running out on the paddock on a Saturday afternoon saying, this is my chance. You know, while you're off galloping around Japan, this is my chance to either get that, you know, that, that eight shirt, that twelve shirt. And these are people who'd have played each other in the A-League team, so they know each other very well. And the standard is fantastic. You know, with professionalism as it is, you know, the top flight rugby back in each of these domestic competitions is leaving nothing short. When you're looking for players of the week, a new name is coming up each week that you didn't know about, and they're really putting their hands up. You remember the, the Six Nations, other tournaments, they're not that far away. So actually, these boys now have a chance to say, look, sir, I can do some good. It's interesting, Monty, because we were
3: talking about this with the Arabian Gulf Cup, uh, which is ongoing here in the UAE this weekend, despite the fact that the UAE national team are in their FIFA World Cup qualifiers at present as well. Are you a fan of sort of club competitions going on whilst there are
0: international duties? Um, yes, I follow more of club football, uh, but, but obviously I keep an eye on international duty. UAE had a fantastic win, I think 5-0, 5-0 over yes. Indonesia. Uh, and uh, and there's another news that we can we can all uh, you know uh, take up is, is Iran's win uh, over uh, Mongolia I think uh, and uh, for the first time women were allowed in in, yeah. in, in stadiums into a packed stadium and uh, and the FIFA president made it made a very strong uh, message during the FIFA awards. Uh, saying that uh, we will allow uh, women to, to enter stadiums and uh, you know uh, everyone has the right to go and watch games. Yeah. So many talkers out there in the world of sport
3: uh, and the Rugby World Cup is throwing up a lot. Now, uh, you've been dealing with friends who uh, have been over there. Uh, yeah, okay, not ideal situation at the moment because of the weather, but you can't control the weather to a certain degree. Um, experience thus far and will what's happened in the last 24 hours dampen, excuse the pun, the,
5: the, the, the enthusiasm for this tournament? Not at all, far from it. In fact, they're having an amazing time. Every single person, perhaps, D- different to other tournaments, you know, you'd normally ping pong between the northern and the southern hemispheres. Oh, we're off to New Zealand, we're off to Australia, or- this year it's back off to France or the UK. Even when it's uh, you know, a Welsh tournament, they played matches in England. So it's great to have that break. Most people haven't been to Japan acro- uh, before. They're having an absolutely fantastic time. The Japanese know how to lay on a party and, and the fans are soaking it up.
3: Mark Archer, about to get on a plane to head on over there. Have you got rid of those ridiculously expensive ones? Are you ready to
5: give? He uh, sold them to yeah, me. Yeah, Flock and oh, Toby no. Garo. You didn't fall for that, did you? <laughs> well, I, we bought our tickets about a year ago, so we're sitting pretty. You know, semi finals <laughs> and finals. A- anyone's going to want those. There's no, there's no shortage of takers. No,
4: looking forward to two weeks' time hitting over there for the semi finals. I do feel uh, for some friends, I flew back from Saudi Arabia on Thursday night after doing a week's work, and I had colleagues who were flying over yesterday for the England-France match that I think uh, canceled their flights and their tickets and their plans, they've been planning for over 12 months to go see England-France and then they were thinking about staying on for the quarterfinals next weekend but then the logistics became too difficult, the cost became too difficult so I think a lot of fans may have cancelled trips uh, from England and from France for that match. So it is disappointing, you do feel for the fans who have probably put together a trip of a lifetime or a once, a once in a lifetime trip to Japan um, and that's you, what, what can you do with when Mother, mother Nature uh, gets in the way.
3: It's going to be interesting and, uh, and hopefully this is the only delays we'll see. However, here's another little thing I'll throw into the mix if I may into the, uh, the Typhoon mix which is there is no contingency day for a final if the final were to be cancelled because of Typhoon conditions my reading of the situation is, is a countback on points in terms of where, how many points you finished your group with. So that could be significant as well when some teams are being prevented from adding to their points
5: with bonus points, missing out on one game. World Rugby needs as many friends as it can get right now. And I'm sure should there be an incident uh, where something is looking in to be in jeopardy, there'll be a gentleman's agreement and sense will prevail. You know, the, the trouble is the nations who have been impacted by this current cancellation, don't have influential enough friends imagine if new zealand needed had slipped up and needed to qualify and their game was being you know cancelled there'd be absolute uproar A uh, our resident is not paying attention at the moment but i'm sure it had something to say
4: i thought the uh the tie break was who scored the most boundaries tom or some sort of obscure rule well, like that
3: well look at that the, the interesting thing is okay i think it's we're, we're a long way away from predicting who's going to make the final but should New Zealand and England make the final? They can't.
4: They can't. I, only, one of the, only one of those two teams okay, can now. Okay, fine.
3: Okay. Wales, New Zealand. So should Wales and New Zealand make the final? It would be New Zealand. Well, no. New
4: Zealand. I still again, I'll, I'll 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 stand tight to my pre-tournament prediction. New Zealand will play South Africa in the final.
3: Okay. And but then should that game not be played?
4: Then New Zealand will win either on head-to-head or points. The fact that they've got an extra point, point. or the points differential. I'm not. I, I need to look at the points differential, but I'd say uh, yeah, extra points. So then New Zealand would win.
3: Are you okay winning a winning a, a World Cup uh, in, in that sort of manner?
4: Uh, the rules, are the rules, Tom. Apparently, so sure. if the World Rugby have made the rules, little known rule, and kind of winning of, a World <laughs>
3: Cup on a little known rule. You really?
4: Well. Uh, to, to me, head-to-head tie-breaker in the, in the group stages should play its part. New Zealand <laughs> beat South Africa in the, first, in the second game of the tournament, so there it stands. But it's unfortunate, and you do hope that a, a, a knockout match will not be affected, whether it be a quarter-final, a, a semi-final or final won't be affected by the weather. But uh, as, I, as I said, you can't uh, argue with the weather gods, when they'll have their way when they want to, and uh, that would be, it would be unfortunate if, if weather did play a, a role in the, in the, in the, as a factor.
5: Look, the, the easy thing is, when it comes to the final, it's just one match. I know it still affects the spectators, sponsors, etc., etc., but it is just one match. Therefore, there are other stadiums available. The difficulty is, particularly from a ticketing perspective, who gets to watch it and who's left outside the stadium.
4: They won't change the rules, though. The rules There's no way they'll back down. All the teams signed, signed the Charter, these are the rules. It's like New Zealand complaining about the boundaries in the Cricket World Cup. Then they should have changed the rules after the fact. We're not still on that, are we? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got four more four years to moan about that. Fact.
5: <laughs> You're listening to The Grill, we're broadcasting
3: live from Barasti, where the game is always on. When we come back, more sport. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Thanks very so much indeed for the text messages. Do keep them coming in. 4001. Yes, we will be talking uh, Kip Choggy. We will be talking Marathon Records in just a little while. Before that, we'll do some US sport. But before that. Uh, lots of text messages coming in saying happy birthday. One well, saying happy Earth Day to you, Monty, as well. So I don't know what the difference <laughs> is between an Earth Day and a birthday, but happy Thank all the same. Much. Okay. But apparently that 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 just that, that is nothing compared to Mark Archer's uh, playing cricket on the corridors. The QE2. The uh, the picture has now gone viral, and Arch, you'll not be able to live that down for a while, I'm afraid.
4: It was my last worn cricket kit, Tom. As you'll know, we're, we're, we're well, well tourists and uh, perfectly respectable in recent years, and perfectly respectable in the nineteen twenties.
3: Quite right, too. Uh, let's get on to all things U.S. sport. NFL. Tell me more, Ross Christ.
7: Let's head our attention to uh, New England because the New England Patriots defeated the New York Giants thirty-five to fourteen. Tom Brady threw for three hundred yards in this one. Sony Michelle rushed for twenty-two carries and eighty-six yards. Julian Edelman pulled in. Nine receptions for 113 yards. This New England team just keeps rolling. Tom Brady, happy for win number six.
2: Happy we won. Happy to get to six and zero. So yeah, we we just grinded it out pretty good. Um, got kind of forced into one group, <laughs> one grouping there in the second half. Um, I don't think that's ever happened in 20 years. But defense played great. Special teams played great. Um, outside of a few plays, you know. The, Um, it would have been pretty good. So we're hanging in there.
7: On the other side of the coin, Daniel Stephen Jones III, the quarterback from Duke that's now leading the Giants, did not play that well. They had four turnovers in this game. He's already had two wins under his belt, but going against the New England Patriots is going against quite possibly the greatest team in football. It's not going to be easy on a rookie quarterback. Daniel Jones did not think he played well in this game.
1: You know, I didn't I didn't play well by any means. I don't I mean I don't mean to confuse that, but I don't uh I don't think it was overwhelming. I think it was just uh bad plays, bad decisions. How tough was it to
2: come in here knowing you wouldn't have Saquon, you wouldn't have Shaft, you wouldn't
1: have Evan? Um, you know, I, I don't think uh obviously those guys are good players and big parts of, of what we do, but um I thought the guys that played played well and, and stepped up and, and uh played well for us so you know, I, I, I'm not sure. We've, we've we've thought about that a whole lot. I think uh, the guys played well.
7: New England Patriots have six Super Bowls, all from their head coach Bill Belichick. Let's check in with the ever exciting Bill Belichick on his sixth win of the season.
0: I thought Josh and offensive staff did a great job of you know, managing the game, and um, it kind of an odd game. You know, anytime you get three scores in the game that are non-offensive touchdowns, that's it's kind of a season's worth and it all happened in one game. So, um, you know, a couple of big plays for us on the block, punt, on the fumble, scoop and score by Kyle. Um, you know, those are, you know, great, great plays and, you know, we took advantage of those opportunities. Um, had some turnovers, though we played the ball well and got our hands on some balls. So uh, that was, you know, that was good too. But, you know, offensively, those like guys showed a lot of toughness out there today and just, you know, battled through. Uh, you know, the the situation that, that we ended up being in. So it's kind of really, really good job by those guys and, and by the offensive coaches.
7: If that is his victory voice, gentlemen, I would hate to see him at a funeral because his, he just won his sixth game of the season undefeated, could do no wrong against the New York Giants, and you just wouldn't know when he comes to the podium, would you, Tom?
3: No. No, not that Bill needs another line or some of like that but you know those sort of like meditation um, soundtracks that you've got to listen to to get to sleep at night <laughs> do you reckon you could just do a Bill Belichick version or not just have him to tell it you about the post
7: game speech <laughs> yeah goodness gracious it's so
3: weird isn't it for a team that is just so glorious at the moment and they're breaking
7: records left right and center you've just got a guy Sounds like couldn't give two hoots at the top. Well, maybe that's why they're breaking the records. Maybe it's because the, the culture that 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 he instills upon the organization, and his players, and it starts with Robert Kraft up at the top. So we'll see how well these New England Patriots are to do. Are, are to do. I think they are the team to beat in the AFC. Certainly sitting at six and zero.
4: I was just going to talk about the AFC. Roscoe. It looks like uh, they they are heads and shoulders above anyone else. But Kansas City, the Chiefs, have also started the season pretty well down in there in the West.
7: Yeah, Kansas City's doing good out there in the Midwest. They have a great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, who is my starting quarterback on my fantasy football team. But uh, they, they did trip up last week with their first loss of the season but Patrick Mahomes boy he's playing lights out for them out there in Arrowhead Stadium. He already has almost close to uh, 2000 yards passing. He already has 11 TDs. He could be this year's MVP. He has a tough test in Arrowhead in Kansas City than Missouri with Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans coming to town. The Texans are sitting at 3 and 2.
4: They're also a hungry team out there. So that'll be a good game. Switching across to the National Football Conference, it seems to be a much more even division. The only undefeated team there, Ross, is the uh 49ers, which is a little bit of a surprise going into the season in the West, but uh, a much more balanced uh, conference there across across the board.
7: Yeah, you mentioned those 49ers. They are a surprise out of the Bay Area, sitting at 4-0. They're heading down south to California in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to take on the Rams. Jerry Goff and company coming into this game. I like the 49ers in this one. I think the Rams are up for the taking. While they have been there and they've done that, they have McVay as coach, they have Gurley right there. I think they are for the taking i like what garoppolo is doing at, at the quarterback position for the 49ers and shanahan is dialing up some amazing plays for that offense they're really firing on all cylinders
4: so i think they are the team to beat right now in california and two other teams uh, that have, have started the season well in the in the conference uh, both 4-1 and one is, the, is the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. They look to be the best of the rest at the moment.
7: Yeah, Packers, Aaron Rodgers and company. There was a little bit of a feud between him and his head coach in the preseason about play calling. You saw the spat on the sidelines, but everything seems to be rolling all is well in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Packers are sitting at 4-1, heading to Lambeau Field this weekend, taking on the rival Detroit Lions who sit at 2-1-1. One one. Aaron Rodgers and company is trying to get – The ball over to Aaron Jones, who's been a bright spot for them from the running running back position. Devontae Adams, also an excellent wide receiver for them as well. He's been pulling in some great, great stuff. Matt Patricia, though, has done some good things in the D with the the Lions. I like their their defensive side of the football. He is a defensive genius. He came over from uh, Bill Belichick's system, so he knows a bunch about the Patriots' way, and he's trying to instill that in the Lions. If the Lions can knock off the Packers this season, this will be one of their biggest wins of the year. So keep an eye on that game some other games elsewhere at 420 in the morning You'll see the Steelers take on the Chargers don't want to wake up early for that one It's two teams that probably will not make the playoffs the 0-4 Jets are hosting the Cowboys this weekend The Jets looking for their first win at MetLife Stadium the Texans are taking on I'm sorry the Titans are heading to Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado to take on the one four Broncos The one three and one Cardinals host the Falcons who sit at one and four both teams searching for their second win of the season Bengals looking for their first win of the season as we have a try from the Ireland team, the 45 to five, we'll get you that update there in just a second. The Bengals are hosting the Ravens and an AFC North showdown. That will be at M&T Stadium in Baltimore. The Saints take on the Jacksonville Jaguars home by Shad Khan in Jacksonville. That will be at T-A-A-A Bank Bankfield. Gardner the II, him and his mustache will be trying to roar and soar and this one against the saints the vikings will host the eagles eagles sitting at three two this will be at us bank stadium up in minneapolis the dolphins still searching for their first win hosting the redskins redskins also looking for their first win in this one that would be a hard rock stadium at miami gardens browns hosting the seattle seahawks look for this one this will be a good one russell wilson going against baker mayfield two quarterbacks who basically play identical to each other so those are going to be all the games this week should be a fun fun exciting week in nfl week six Good on you, Roscoe. Uh,
3: We will talk golf in a few moments' time, both international and local. Uh, But not, though, before we have caught up with Mark Archer, because there's been another score.
4: Yeah, ten minutes remaining of this uh, Rugby World Cup match. Paul A. Ireland, who needed to win and score four tries against some. I can tell you they've completed that with some success. They've just gone over for their, uh, I think, their sixth try by Andrew Conway, replacement player. That followed a score by CJ Stander, and I can tell you that... uh, Ireland now need 47 points to 5. They've played 50 minutes of this match with only 14 players after Aki was sent off with a red card after 29 minutes. So it's Ireland uh, all through to the uh, quarterfinals next weekend. They're likely to take on the All Blacks. What a cracker of a match that that will be and uh, Ireland will hold no fears taking on the All Blacks in that quarterfinal. So ten, uh, nine minutes remaining. Ireland 47, Samoa five. Ireland will now Move forward to the quarterfinals.
3: Break time. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk more cricket. We're going to talk some football as well. Let's come Unbelievable
6: next. This is the
3: grill live from Barasti, where the game is always on. So let's turn our attention to some of the big uh, football stories of the last 24 hours. Uh, European Championship qualifying games kicking off uh, in round about 25 minutes time. Ireland will get things underway with the first game of the afternoon. As a result of yesterday's uh, results, Portugal continue to impress. Monty, 3-0 winners against Luxembourg.
0: Yes, Tom, um, a very good result for Portugal because it keeps them uh, strongly in contention to qualify for the Euro 2020 uh, next summer. And Cristiano Ronaldo. As we know, wasn't 698 goals prior to that game. He scored us a fantastic goal. If uh, if, ever, if anyone's watched the game last night, that was one of the top 10 goals probably in the in the in the qualifiers. And uh, and the next next game that that Portugal play is in Ukraine and a very important game because if Portugal beat Ukraine, then Portugal does guarantee a place in the in the Euro 2020 next summer. So that's the team what about ronaldo
3: himself because he's breaking records left right and center
0: yeah ronaldo is on 699 career goals at the moment and uh, there's just news a while ago where the president of uh, sporting lisbon has said that he wouldn't mind naming the stadium jose alvalade after cristiano ronaldo that's a fantastic honor and as we know ronaldo he's 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 like a well oiled machine and and he, he, he just doesn't he doesn't uh, show any signs of uh, of aging or or going away i think he could play on for another 5 years the way he's maintaining himself
3: where do we stand on that one, boys? Do we, do we, when a player is still playing the game, should a stadium be
5: named after a player that's still playing? It's all a bit bizarre. You know, you normally do it a couple of years after, maybe even ten years after. Yeah. You know, you look back, you remember, you reminisce. There's a reason for it. It, it doesn't make sense for this to be done now. It, there's, Thank-
0: uh, I, I mean, I mean, in, in terms of cricket, uh, you, I mean, you have currently playing. Um, like, for example, Virat Kohli, I think, had his uh, the stadium in Delhi. There's a stand which is named after him already. And uh, I don't know whether football What's is following James the same uh, the James same concept. James <laughs> Anderson has a name a stand named after him as well, doesn't he? Is that right?
4: Now he has the. Uh, it's either a stand or an end. Yeah, isn't it? it's in, an end. In, in the used to bowl from.
3: But he's still playing from. For, for
4: Lancashire and England. Yeah. An yeah. So yeah, it, it's a bit weird. Look, you know, it's. <laughs> It's a bit like being knighted or given a given an honour. I, I think it's always it's better reflectively after you have retired, and then you, then you're given the, the right accolades. They never retire a player's shirt whilst he's still playing, do they? They always wait till his retirement. You never get elected in the American sport to a Hall of Fame. I think it's to five years after you've retired. Give give everyone to a chance to sort of reflect and remember what your legacy is, and then then get rewarded. Uh, you know, Ronaldo's still got four or five years of his career left, and they're making things like this. So for me, wait for players done and dusted.
5: It's always a bit of a catastrophe for a player to retire a shirt while they're still playing arch.
4: Exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> just go on playing skins. Yeah, yeah. It's am it's I, skins. Am I reading too shirts. much into it? I thought I was doing okay. And, uh,
0: we had we had Bernardo Silva scoring last night as well, and I think it's good for him because we know that uh, you know uh, what happened to him last week, uh, where uh, he made he he just he just commented about his teammate uh, yeah. Benjamin Mendy and. Uh, we don't know the outcome yet, whether he gets a six-game ban. Uh, there's no news of that yet. So uh, good that he, he got on the scoring sheet. Gave, I mean, confidence booster for him uh, next week, and Manchester City require him because city are eight points behind liverpool
3: victories also for the ukraine against lithuania and or against moldova uh, turkey beat albania by one goal to nil uh, france uh, were victorious away at iceland as well but a game that was marred by an injury to
0: yeah i think uh, uh, france have been uh, an injury hit side and it was good to see that uh, Oliver Giroud, I think he stepped up scoring a penalty in the 66th minute and Oliver Giroud we know hasn't got enough game time for Chelsea this season thanks to Tammy Abraham and, and the youngsters who have come across uh, quite well for Frank Rampart. So a confidence booster for Giroud and, uh, and, and and a decent result for France. I wouldn't say the best result because France are the world champions, they could have easily won that game maybe for 2-0 or 3-0 against Iceland.
3: Uh, yeah, just a little bit of concern for Chelsea fans, with Mane being injured in that particular game. We don't know about the extent of that injury, but obviously uh, not ideal for the club with the Chelsea midfielder. Uh, Kante injured in the warm-up, even before they went onto the field itself. So Kante uh, missing out on that occasion. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back as well. Quick one on that Endora result as well. It's their first win in 21 years in the European Championship qualifying, so... Yeah, yeah. I try, that, try, try again. That is that
0: that is what the the qualifiers uh, bring up uh, every every time. You know, the, we have the minnow nations like Estonia, Andorra, Moldova, and whenever they have a, a, a result like what they had yesterday, it becomes historic. Yeah, very good for them. Uh,
3: yeah. Quick word as well for England, who were abysmal last night.
0: Uh, yes, I watched that game a bit um, uh, on and off, and I think uh, that, I mean uh, England still 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 have a have a chance of going through because uh, if they if they win Monday night against Bulgaria, they go through. If Kosovo do not beat Montenegro, however, uh, I mean I, I think England yesterday showed that uh, if they're put under pressure, uh, Gareth Southgate does 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 need answers, and I, I'm not too sure. With the, with the lineup that they have, a lot of youngsters, and I, I think they're a bit inexperienced right now. They, they require more experience in there, in, in the middle and in defense. I think that would cost England maybe in the summer, however, but, uh, but, but this, is, this is future for Southgate. So he's looking for the future, yeah. I think, yeah, you, they've got to concentrate on the next match. Southgate's put his hand up, said, look,
5: potentially got the system wrong. They got, gave the ball away too cheaply. I was trying to uh, to follow it on the BBC while being bedazzled by Arch's outfit last <laughs> night. So it was quite hard to concentrate, but from what I could pick up, you know, they they just kept giving the ball away. It's all, always very difficult when you're kind of reading rather than watching the commentary. Yeah. But it, it just happened time and time again, and then I think at half time they changed their system. Initially they were on the 4-2-3-1, and then they went from yeah.
0: that to the 4-3-3. Three, three. Yeah, I think Mason Mount was uh, brought off and uh, Tammy Abraham came on for him. Uh, I think that, that's, what, that, that's the problem at the moment with England, they have youngsters and they require game time, in my opinion, especially in international levels. Yeah. But that,
5: that's where it's critical. You know, the coach has put his hand up, said, hang on a second, I'm to blame for this, let's focus on the match in the next couple of days and get that
0: over the line.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think they will beat Bulgaria uh, in Sofia and, and qualify for next summer.
3: Uh, Interesting as well uh, that uh, there are some big games to look forward to this evening. Uh, Italy take on Greece, that one at 10.45. As I mentioned, you've got Georgia against the Republic of Ireland kicking off in round about 20 minutes time. Denmark against Switzerland is an 8 p.m. kickoff. And then the big one, I presume, uh, later on this evening, 10.45. The Spanish two times champions of the Euros uh, will be over in Norway uh, and looking to get their campaign back on track.
0: Yes, uh, yes, Tom. and Sergio Ramos, if he plays tonight, which I think he will, will, will be the will will, will beat uh, 167 caps. That's he, he's he's currently joint tied with Iker Casillas. And he will be playing tonight his 168th game, I think, for Spain and and would be the most capped player for Spain. And uh, congratulations to Sergio Ramos for a fantastic career. Uh, Tough game, tough away game in Norway for Spain, but I think they will overcome the Norwegians 2-1 tonight.
3: Uh, We'll keep an eye on that one, uh, as we will the games tomorrow as well. I mean, they come thick and fast at this time of year, don't they?
5: They do across all sorts of sport. You look left, right and centre, you've got this, you've got the F1. Luckily, I think the F1's cancelled for today and they'll focus on tomorrow. You've got a range of different matches. Football, rugby, and a bit of cricket too. It's just interesting how they
3: bounce back from these internationals because you got the likes of Wales back at action tomorrow. Uh, they were only the action on Thursday night uh, with their latest qualifier. So such are the sort of strictures of an international and domestic calendar. Trying to marry the two, you've got to fix these two, these two qualifications or these two qualifiers into a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we've, we've spoken this. Uh in the past, as well, where, where where club fixtures and the international fixtures take a lot of toll on players. Uh, injuries, and uh, we don't know what shape they're back in uh, next Saturday to, to 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 play a big game. Uh, for example, I think Liverpool are playing Manchester United next uh, next weekend, and we don't, we don't know in uh, this, these these international games uh, if it's a tough fixture. Then it does take a toll on players, and it it might affect their performance in the league. So uh, it's it's a difficult thing for for the managers who are handling the club players and the international managers and how how they go about using these players. You, you know the schedule you
5: know, your team, your scientists, they've planned it ahead, you know your turnaround time, what you're gonna do, and that's also where the bench comes in. Yeah. You know, you, you bring on the players, you rest a couple depending on what position you're in. Obviously last night England were in the best of positions, but you know, you know these things are coming, you just plan around it. They're professional players, they know what they're doing. I think you know, last night in that tournament you've got fifty-five teams competing for twenty-four places. It's always gonna be tight.
0: Yeah, and I think I think for players such as Gareth Bale. Uh, where he's, he's, he's fighting for his sport with, uh, in Real Madrid mm. and having all these issues with Zinedine Zidane. I think it's a good platform for him to play for Wales and uh, and prove himself uh, so that Zidane wins back his confidence and he, he, he turns out to be a match winner again for Real Madrid. I mean, England's second is on Monday, but Spain, you know, they don't play their second one
3: till Tuesday evening. And you look at the... Premier League and the number of Spanish players now playing their trade in the Premier League but equally uh, in La Liga and we're back into action in La Liga on Friday night you know from a Tuesday turnaround to a, to, to, to a Friday night the full schedule of Premier League games on Saturday as well and I'd appreciate that you're probably playing midweek games in the Premier League anyway if it weren't an international break but it is a little more travel involved albeit not you know halfway
5: across the world it's within the continent but it does put more pressure on the players. It does put more pressure on, but the key thing is, as you mentioned, they're not travelling halfway around the world. So things like jet lag, which can be a major factor, don't really come into play. There's a small element of that. But as we said before, these are professional athletes. You know, they know the drill. They know what they're doing, and the teams will allow for that. So their domestic teams will allow for the fact that somebody might just played a couple of days earlier, and as such, the type of training they'll be doing will be in accordance with, with what they need. Uh, we will continue to talk all things football in just a few moments time. Got to break away because we've got full
3: time in the rugby. Archie, what do you see?
4: Yeah, it's done and dusted in uh, Japan. Pool A match and Ireland have comfortably defeated Samoa, oh, 47 points to five. Uh, they scored bon- the bonus point try that they needed, and they have now qualified for the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup. Rory Best Tag furlong, Johnny Sexton with two, Jordan Lama, CJ Stander and Andrew Conway were the try scorers. Sexton uh, converted four of those tries and Joey Carberry came on as his replacement in the second half as uh, Sexton was rested uh, in that match there. The big uh, news though also is Bundy Aki, the uh, centre for Ireland, he was sent off a red card offence for a dangerous challenge and he will now probably play no more part in the Rugby World Cup should Ireland win or lose that quarterfinal next weekend. But well, uh, it's, a, it's a blockbuster next weekend. It looks like Ireland will take on the All Blacks. Ireland will fear, will not fear the men in black um, with, with a couple of successes in recent years. And uh, I think the All Blacks will be well prepared for what uh, Joe Smith, the Kiwi coach, is going to throw at them next week. So Ireland 47, Samoa 5, Ireland now through the the quarterfinals.
3: More reaction to that in a few moments' time. You're listening to The Grill. Next up, we talk golf, uh, both uh, international but also local here in the UAE. This is The Grill.
2: Join the conversation.
3: Tweet the team at Dubai iSport. Okie dokie, let's talk golf because we've got one of the big ones taking place in the European Tour at the moment. The Italian Open is in full swing and
4: a pretty pay purse, this one. Yeah, it's a pack leaderboard as well. Matt Fitzpatrick, the Englishman, was the leader overnight, but he's been uh, drag bat Kurt Kitayama is uh, now leading, he's hit in his, he's five under through 12 holes in his third round for a one shot lead at 11 under par. Following, following closely on his footsteps at 10 under par there are four players, Soren Kelston, uh, Robert McIntyre, Matt Fitzpatrick and Matthew Wallace, the two Englishmen there also on 10 under par. So it's Kurt Kitayama who currently leads in the Italian Open, obviously all all roads lead to the DP World Championship in a few weeks' time, Tom, and this is a big event with players jockeying to get in the top 50 in the European Tour rankings, and obviously big uh, big prize uh, money up for grabs. Uh, over €6 million Euros is the purse yeah, for the yeah. Italian Open.
3: Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, who was uh, one of the standout stars in the first two rounds over the Italian Open, sixth in the race to Dubai standings, won at least once. A season on the European Tour since his maiden title back in 2015. Um, he'll obviously be one of the uh, key players to keep an eye out on. What, we're four weeks away now from the uh, end of the season deciding? Yeah, four or,
4: four or five weeks away from the uh, the premier event, the flagship event in the European Tour up at Jamira Golf Estate. So it's always a, a wonderful weekend to get up there, wonderful week of uh, golfing action, top 50 on the European Tour and on, on the money list will all be hitting there. And many of the big name players are jockeying for position. The likes of Graham McDowell playing this event, uh, Tyrone Hatton, I think Danny Willett, uh, Justin Rose is also there. So a lot of the big name European players are trying to get bang into form as they get to the final month of the season, trying to get the way into the rankings and qualify for the uh, DP World Championship.
3: Talking of rankings, talking of points, talking of qualifiers, uh, Ross Crest has got more guests for us here, live from Barasti.
7: So I'll tell you a quick little story. Yesterday I'm swimming in the Barasti pool, taking in all the sights and sounds that Brasti offers here to live, tell the story offers as well. offers to tell you know Brasti Brasti puts out a good product on a Friday afternoon if you haven't been down to the pool and I make a kind of a wise crack comment to my friend I get in the pool and I go gosh these two guys these type of tans the only type of tan you could possibly have with this is being a professional golfer so I go walk up to these guys. I mean, you should you have to see this tan. It is pretty horrific, gentlemen. So I walk, I swim up to these two guys being the bonehead I am. I go, "Hey boys, nice tan. What are you guys doing out here?" Oh, yeah, we're pro golfers. So the it, 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 the story checks out for uh the story checks out. Uh it, it's my delight to invite on the show Elliot Oxlade and Cam Phillips guys, thanks for coming on the show.
6: Yeah, cheers guys. Thanks very much. So uh, you t-
7: you two gentlemen are on the MENA tour out here, which is uh, the, the road to Jordan, journey to Jordan. Journey to Jordan, jo- Journey yeah. to Jordan, last weekend you were in Abu Dhabi in the capital, how did That's you fare right. in that one?
6: Uh, tied 31st, uh, so it was good, I just had a, a bit of a bad second round. Um, but we played Yazlings, uh, first time playing it, pretty amazing golf course really. Um, yeah, all the golf courses over the Middle East are all pretty, pretty neat um, and pretty good as well, so.
7: And Elliot, let's start with you. How did your, what's your golf journey? What's your golf story? How did you get involved with the tour and when did you start golfing and why, why come over to the MENA tour? Okay, so
2: I, I basically started off as a rugby player back in England I grew up playing rugby. If you'd asked me when I was like 15 years old, I'd have been, no, I'm gonna be a professional rugby player. Um, as happens a lot, you, I got injured and then I played golf anyway for the fun of it and I, I was kind of half decent and I was basically being at home, being a bit of a pain because I couldn't go play rugby anymore. And someone else sort of pushed me in the direction of, oh, why don't you go try a bit harder with your golf? So I followed that, went to university, played golf at university, and then turned pro when I came out. And um, I came over to the Mina Tour. I had a friend of mine that played, had quite a lot of success on it in 2015 or 16. And he just like, yeah, it's a great place to come kind of develop with some proper golf courses rather than the bad weather, bad kind of, sort of facilities you have in the UK and
7: and basically this is one of the first starts to your guys golfing career hopefully you progress you move up the ranks you get through yeah. the European tour the PGA tour who knows where it takes you where, where, where this wonderful game can take you I guess what I'm interested to know about you guys are young hungry professional golfers I mean you haven't quite made your name yet but you're you're, you're going out on the courses and you're playing out here in the Middle East what's the biggest difference what between the tour that you would be on and maybe the the PGA tour, like, what, what are some things that maybe you guys, some amenities, maybe you guys don't get that the the, the big timers get? <laughs> uh, what what
6: what's the biggest uh, the biggest change? I guess. Um, not hiring a car and sorting out with just uh, stuff that you just got to deal with. Car hires, hotels, um, just things like that. Really, most guys who will be play playing. On Challenge Tour and moving up to European Tour, it's it's actually the um, uh, the chauffeur sofa, uh, service that you get between the hotels and the golf course. That's the thing that is a big difference. When that's the guy, actually, that's the thing that people look forward to. The guys look forward to when they are playing on the European Tour. Uh, but in terms of difference, it has to be money. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the money is ridiculous at the top level. Uh, but they're all, they're all really good players. You have to, it's very much, you play better, you earn more money, you get into better things. Uh, so like the World uh, Golf Championships, that's for the top 50, 60 players, top 50 players in the world. So everyone makes money that week um, and more ranking points. So basically the better at golf you get the higher you will stay up at that level for, uh, which is how it should be, to be honest. Um, because when you play well, it's a hard sport to play well in and actually do well in, because there's so many variables, um, and as soon as you start playing well, then it should really look after you and stuff like that. So.
4: And Elliot, aspirations for you? Obviously, the MENA Tour has been a great initiative in recent years. It's a stepping stone to potentially the Challenge Tour, which is the, the the feeder tour into the European Tour. Do you have goals to try and either qualify automatically for the Challenge Tour, or, as you say, get more money up, get more experience, uh, and just you know advance in the professional game?
2: Yeah, I mean, precisely. It's a it's a developmental golf tour, so it's just a stepping stone to get to those higher levels where you're you know, earning proper money and making a real career out of it but um, I would say it's, it's mainly an opportunity to just be competitive with the best players you can find in the regions. So you're trying to always improve your game. Like if we were already playing European and golf, then we wouldn't be here. Like we do have to progress as players to work up through the rankings, but it's a good play. You can't just sort of go practice at your home golf course all the time and get really good there. That doesn't necessarily translate to playing well in competition. So you always want to try and compete on the best golf courses against the best players you can find.
3: Question, I, I, I know it's very, Vulgar to talk money, but since you brought it up, let's talk money if we can. Because in, in terms of you know, yeah, the aspiration is if the, the higher you go at the rankings, the higher you go on the tours. Uh, there, there's more uh, prize money, etc. But in terms of getting onto that, I mean, are you completely self-funding? Is it down yeah. to sponsorship? I mean this
6: is, Do you know what? We actually went to the mall this morning and we had some lunch, and we must have been chatting for about an hour and a half just about sponsorship ways to, ways to do it because. We are both self-funded yeah. um we've also our parents as well help us as well at the same time yeah. um and we don't we don't abuse that we actually make sure that every penny that we use is it stretches us as far as we can go so our accommodation in jordan you know we pay six pound a night yeah. we weren't staying in the hyatt hotel and we drove down from Amman to uh, Aquaba yeah. and actually we got a funny story about that. We, we drove down from 12 o'clock to, and we arrived at 8 o'clock in the morning because Elliot drives everywhere, I don't, I just sit in the passenger seat and just go to sleep. <laughs> so it's perfect for me but for Elliot, he does all the driving. So we were driving down and we must have stopped two, two times? Yeah, it was twice, yeah. wasn't it? And uh, the second time we slept and I woke up and I left it was like desert, right was desert. I was like, where the hell are we? I have no idea where we are. And I've turned around and I've looked behind and there's this army truck coming along the side of us and there's this guy with this massive 50 cal gun. Okay, on the back. And I'm like, oh my god, what is that? And he's driven past and he's reversing back. And Elliot's asleep at this point. And I'm like, I'm like, Elliot. Elliot, Elliot, you need to wake up, you need to wake up. And he's like, whoa. whoa, whoa. And then this guy came along and he was just like, hey, you're no sleep. You go. You need to go now. And we found out that it's to do with people can like, it's to do with smugglers right. and things and bandits. So we didn't actually think it would be like that because when we went to Jordan for the first time, everyone we met was so friendly that we thought, ah, oh, sleep on the side of the road would be absolutely fine. I'd just like back in the UK, but obviously not. Just keep moving, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Keep <it's> moving. Keep, <laughs> keep moving, yeah.
3: Moving and, and, and swerving. That's yeah, the best way so to do we it. So now know that. Yeah, so, but, I mean, in, in terms of Sponsors and things like that. I suppose yeah. that is, is that one of the sort of stepping stones But before even that. Are there sort of development funds that you can tap into through? Not really,
6: Probably. no. I mean, you could go, there are, uh, so there's a management company called Jenahura And they basically held like an academy day. And then if they see potential and you play well on that day and things, and they'll give you like a... Um, What do you call it? Uh, Like A scholarship. So they give you like ten grand to then go ahead and use for your season and advise you during that season as well. And I don't know. Do you know anything that's like
2: that, Leo? Uh, Not particularly, no. I mean, most guys, there's a few guys that get sponsored. The sponsors generally come from people they know back home, well connected, like friends, that type of stuff. Um, Most guys, I'd say, probably I'd guess at least 50% of the tour that play here will be going home after the season finishes and will go and work in whatever they do back home. like. For myself, I do a bit of coaching and I've, um, I've worked in security, like yeah. the nightclub doors and that sort of stuff over the last few years. Just whatever you can do to kind of minimise the amount of work and keep the flexibility so you can go and practice. And,
3: and in terms of the sort of the support you get from the tour as well, I mean, do you get preferential rates at accommodation? Do you get yeah, preferential um, rates on flights and things like that?
6: Practice-wise, we do, don't we? Yeah. Which is good because we know out here to play golf is quite expensive. Yeah. So, but yeah, in terms of that
2: they not really in terms of, like, they don't help us with flights particularly. Um, the, tour, the tour do provide cheap hotel rates, but they're very um, safe with it. So they always pick the expensive, nice hotels and they'll give you like 10% off, but that's still a lot of money. So generally speaking, for ourselves, we try and avoid the tour hotels just because we know there's normally a cheaper option around the corner that might not be quite as glorious, but it's going to save us a fair amount of money, which each week doesn't add up, but then by the end of the season, when you realise you sort of, it's cost you five grand less or something, that's massive. You
4: talk about the Minda Tour being a development tour, what parts of your game are you finding as you probably play with a variety of different players, what What are you finding is, is, is the biggest things, the biggest difference between taking the step up, is, 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 it, is, it, is it mental, is it part of, a, a te- technical part of your game that you really need to take an extra step, because we know at the very top levels of golf, it's just a one or two shot difference really that can mean that you're in the challenge tour and a couple more shots per season it's just and, 10%. and you're in the pro tour so yeah so what, what are you finding what, what is that 10% for you guys is it, is, is, it, is it mental or is it technical? Well it's just
6: 10% on sort of every every part of your game they're yeah. just that little bit tighter I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say well obviously you've got the exception of a, probably I'd say top 100 guys in the world are all going to be magnificent ball strikers and they've got decent short games and stuff but like in terms of our game we're not that different it's just their bad shots are like our like okay shots (laughs) so yeah they're very they're they're keeping their proximities very very small and tight I think Elliot since playing the February time he's learned a lot between February and coming out in September
2: I mean, what did you feel? Was that more Yeah, I think it's. Knowledge. It's, yeah, it's massively just to do with margins. Like everything, just getting those tighter margins off the tee, around the greens, when you're putting. They're just that little bit better everything. Like if you look at the stats of the top 10 guys in the world, say, they all gain in every category. So, like Roy Macker and Dustin Johnson, they're a better than average driver, obviously. They're also better than average chippers, better than average putters. Of course, management will be very good. Like they, they're very good in all areas. So you kind of can't have a weakness of anywhere you have to be good at everything
3: boys stay with us if you can um because uh, we've got to go to a short break when we come back there we'll continue uh, the story with our two special guests down here we're talking at tour we'll talk more golf and of course uh, other sport as well into the final hour of the show we turn our attention from uh, Ireland rugby teams the Republic of Ireland football team are in action next
0: there's just so much more to hear download our
1: podcast at dubaii1038.com